Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> it is so great to be here with you today. Again, my name is Pastor Todd, and uh, along with my wife, Jen, we are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church, and I am so excited about the things that God is doing within our church congregation that next Sunday we are going to be going to one church service for everybody. And I want you to do as Naomi, uh, Pastor Naomi already said today, make sure that you let people know. If you know people that aren't here, that aren't with us, or you have a social media presence, that you would just spam that out there because we don't want anybody to miss out on this change so that they know that they can come and be a part that church starts at 10 30 next week, next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. But as we were preparing, actually the Lord in the first service put a word in my heart that I feel like does apply here today as well. And he put a scripture in my heart about the idea that I believe there are some people that have come into this time. I mean, this is a time of where we're celebrating uh, change and transition, but maybe some of you are here today and you are just feeling a heaviness in your heart, a heaviness in your spirit. You are just battling with some things. You're, you're just, you're, you're struggling with some things. And here's the scripture the Lord put in my heart. It was Isaiah 61 verse three. And it says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, today, if you are feeling heaviness in your heart, God wants to give you his, the joy of the oil of his gladness. Amen? And I just want to pray for you. I want to pray today that God would lift off whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life that would cause any sort of heaviness. God wants to lift that off of you today so that you can celebrate how good and how awesome he is. Father, I just want to say thank you today for all of your people. I want to thank you for everyone that you brought here today. Lord Jesus, that you would lift off of them. You would lift off of them anything that would be weighing them down, Father God. Anything that's trying to, to, to create um, just discouragement in their life, disappointment in their life. I pray that you'd pull that off of them right now. And God, that you'd give them the oil of joy. I declare it that the joy of the Lord is your strength in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I also want to let you know that last Sunday night, and I'm, I was so encouraged by it, we had our first Sunday. And first Sunday is a time where we come together to praise pray, worship God. There are prophetic words uh, that were released. And one of the things that we do is we, we make it an opportunity for the whole family. We don't do childcare. I know some of you are like, okay, that would really help. No, here's the idea. I want, I want you to know, one of the things that was the highlight for me last Sunday was watching a baby, listen to this, that was less than a year old, raising their hands and trying to sing in their own way as we were worshiping God. There's something about when our kids and our families and our people are around the presence of God and do things. And so I want to encourage you. I want to beseech you, as the Bible would say in the name of the Lord, to plan on next Sunday, or not next, the first Sunday in December, to plan on being here with your kids, your family. We don't care about noise. We don't care about chatter. We just care about God's being able to be together in his presence. Amen? Amen. Well, as I already shared, church, next week we go to one service at 10.30, and I'm excited about that change, and I believe that you should be excited as well. 
And today I'm going to share with you why I believe you should be excited about this. But I have to be really, really honest. When God first spoke to me about making this change, um, I was not excited. <clears throat> I was not happy. In fact, I wasn't sure that it was even God. Uh, I thought maybe that it was a, a bad idea that was being planted in my spirit. I tried to rebuke the thoughts, right? Because uh, I wasn't really keen on seeing this change. You see, over the last 11 years, we've invested a lot of time and a lot of energy to, to, to provide two services to our church community. Why? Because we had some very good reasons. I believe this, that it, it allows for growth and it allows us to have, in those seasons where we have larger gatherings like Easter and some of the Christmas things we do or, or Mother's Day special events, it allows us to have more people come in that we don't always see uh, that are there. It just gave us that opportunity, but it also provided choice for people. Who here likes choices? Like you like to order different things at restaurants. Uh, I think that people have enjoyed having that choice of some coming at 9.30, others at 11.15. You know, the, the, the keeners can get up, go to church, be on with their day, do other things. They can, you know, plant their whole garden in the spring because they're able to get up and go to church. Or others like to sleep in. And then we have a group in our church that kind of goes either way. You know, some days I want to sleep in, some days I want to get up early. They have that choice. But I also believe that it create, created more space for more people to get involved. And so as this was going through my mind, I was like, God, is this something you really want? But as we have come out of the COVID cave, I call it, the reality is, is that we've been spread pretty thin as a church. Even though we're adding new people and we're so excited for those of you that have come and joined our church in this last season, it's been awesome. Um, we, our, our core is even stronger than it's been. But the reality is, is that for a lot of people, they are attending church less often. It's a trend that's not only happening at Eastside. In fact, I was with some other pastors a few weeks ago. It's something that is in North America. That, and it was going on before COVID, but COVID kind of just pushed it out that people just kind of come a little less often. They, they, they're part of the church, but they're not here as often. And I believe this, that God wants to change that. I believe the reality is that God wants us to challenge it and believe that he's going to see us grow and commit to each other even more. And, and even though the other part of it was, even though we have incredible volunteers, people have been even slower to come back to volunteering and serving. And so we've got great people. I just don't want to wear out the people that are, that are actually doing it. Can I hear an amen for that? That we want to see everybody fresh and excited and be a part. But here's the most important reason why we did it. I gave you some practical things. Uh, the most important reason is because God said so. <laughs> and here's what he told me. He said, Pastor Todd, well, he doesn't call me Pastor Todd. He just calls me Todd. <laughs> he says, bring everyone together. Bring your strength together so that everyone can be strengthened. That was actually his word. Instead of being spread thin, bring the strength of the church together that as people come together, we're going to pull our strength together in this season as we get ready for whatever the next season holds. Whatever God wants to bring us, whatever God wants to do, that we will be stronger together. In fact, he said, you're going to move forward from a place of fullness and abundance. It'll make your worship times more full and vibrant. Amen? 
There's something about when you worship God together with more people. It's just, it feels better. It, it just, there's just more that is there. I believe that the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And we can see that exponentially go out when we worship together. I believe it's going um, to help us um, make our Eastside Kids team even stronger for our kids' ministry. Now, I, I actually, you notice my wife isn't here right now. Well, they're, they're a little short today. Uh, some of you maybe don't realize this, but our kids' ministry right now is exploding. It is exploding. We've had up to 70 kids in one service in our kids' ministry. And the reality of it is, is sometimes it's a little bit scary because sometimes we have 70 kids and four leaders. Think about that as a parent. How would you like to parent that group of kids? So we're believing that God is going to allow us to bring more people to help because we're going to be doing things at one time, okay? Um, our, our nursery is, is exploding. We're having a baby boom here at Eastside City Church. It's, it's just incredible. I love it. Uh, we're going to have a full frontline team with uh, Naomi and, and, and her people that serve and greet people. I mean, I'm even believing that we're going to have enough people to help bring people in from the parking lot, escort them in if they need help. We just need more people to do that. And so by having one service, it allows us to put all of our strength together. Hallelujah. And it'll allow us at the, uh, for ministry time when we decide to pray for people and and have people here. Now, I've got to be honest, there have been times, especially over the last year, where it's like, I'll come in and I'll be like, all right, first service, let's pray for people. And uh, nobody in our prayer team is here. They're all coming to second service. Or then the next week, it's like, all right, second service, it's going to be great. And all of a sudden, the whole prayer team is in first service. It, we're not going to have those challenges. Why? Because we're all going to be here together and see what God can do. Hallelujah. It's going to help us get on mission from a position of strength. Because I say this, I do believe that the harvest is coming. In fact, I believe the harvest is here. And we're stronger together than we are alone. But here's the other thing that God said he wanted to. He goes, by coming back together into one service, you'll have greater unity. You will have greater unity. It will allow everyone to celebrate baptisms, baby dedications, and communion together as one family. It will allow everybody to hear the same message at the same time and, and have that, if the, as God moves or pours out his anointing, it's not like, well, how, how do we see that happen again in another service? We're gonna experience those moments together. We're gonna experience prophetic words and prophetic moments all at the same time. I'm telling you, it, it's very challenging sometimes to be able to go like, well, some people heard that word, but other people didn't. And then you refer to it and some people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's going to begin to eliminate those challenges. You see, it's impossible to reproduce prophetic moments. But there's also greater power when people gather together in unity. The power of creativity is released. The power of innovation can be released. The power to accomplish even greater feats. And I want you to know, Eastside City Church family, I believe our best days are ahead of us. I believe the things that God wants to do and the things that he wants to do are gonna be greater and more significant than they have at, been any have at any other time in our history. See, God loves unity and God is moved by unity. I say this, more unity equals more power. And today we're gonna to share how, how can we, how do we release the power of unity 
at Eastside. How do we do that? Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to one of my favorite scripture passages in the Old Testament. I've preached over the last couple of years, maybe a few different sermons off of this. But we're going to look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, where it's, it's where the Tower of Babel is being erected. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, at one time, all of the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. As they began to began saying to each other, they began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people, listen to this, the people are united. Say that again. The people are united. The people are united. And they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Let's pray here today. Father, I pray today, God, that you would just speak to us according to your will, according to your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. And God, that you'd take our church where you want to take it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. From this story, here's what we know. Here's what we know from this story. At one time, all of the people of the world spoke one language. What an incredible thought. Everybody communicated the same way with the same words. But there was a man named Nimrod who had a vision to gather all the known people of the earth to, in one location to build a great tower so that they could become famous. I mean, he had quite a dream. He was going to be uh, uh, the, the next rock star of the, of the planet. Everybody was going to know his name. His name was going to be in lights. It was going to be exciting. And because of his influence, which came from his talents, the Bible, if you read back, if you study him, he was a very talented man. And his wealth, he was probably the wealthiest person that lived in that age. The people followed him and settled together. Now we have to understand this. This was in direct violation to God's command for the people to be fruitful, multiply, and spread out over the earth. You see, God wanted his people to inhabit the earth, not just dwell together in one place at that time. And in Nimrod's dream... He would build this tower that would be so high, there would be nothing like it. In fact, it would be so high, it would reach the heavens. It would even reach the place where God resided. You see, he promised the people fame, but really what he wanted was fame for himself. In fact, he not only wanted to be famous, he wanted to be like God. The same spirit that was on Lucifer was upon Nimrod. Now here's what crazy, here's what is really crazy about this story. God did not scoff at what was in Nimrod's heart. In fact, he took what he planned very seriously. You see, God said this because 
the people are united. Listen to this. Because the people are united and they speak the same language, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Wow. Nothing they planned would be impossible. You see, the power of unity, we have to understand this, the principle of unity actually works for both righteous and unrighteous ventures. You see, because, because Nimrod's plan was evil and self-focused, God had to break up their unity. And so he confused the language of the people so that they would be forced to disperse, forced to do what he had determined they would do. You see, their unity was not focused on lifting up God and his kingdom. It was focused on doing things for themselves. But let's not miss the point here. Unity makes the impossible possible. You see, unity makes what we think is impossible become very possible. And I want to say this, the greater the unity, the greater the power to accomplish that seems which is impossible. Now, the name of our series for the next few weeks is called Real Church. Why Real Church? Well, real church is the desire to be genuine and authentic in our relationships and motivation. You know, we want to do things with the right heart, the right spirit. Nimrod did not have a good spirit. Nimrod was all about himself, making himself famous. I believe that our goal and our job and the reason we want to work, walk in unity is we want to make Jesus famous. We want to see God lifted up. We want to see Jesus set in the highest place. And so I believe this, that we want to be people who seek God's heart in every aspect of our lives. That's what being real church is. People understand they need the power of the Holy Spirit, not only for growth and maturity, but to lead us and guide us and empower us to do his will. And to be those who walk together in unity, enjoying both the favor of God and man. Now, some of you are going to be like, and man, what, Pastor Todd, we don't, we, we don't need the favor of man. Well, here's what I'm talking about. We're not called to be people pleasers. You see, but we want to be people influencers, and which will I explain in more detail next week. So here's the thing about unity. When you combine the power of the Holy Spirit with the unity of God's people, the gates of hell shake in fear. When you combine the power of the Holy Spirit with the unity of God's people, miracles are bound to happen. When you combine the power of the Holy Spirit with the unity of God's people, lives are changed and the impossible becomes possible. We wanna see the impossible manifested through our church community. So how does unity look? What does it look like? Well, from what we read in Genesis, the first thing it says is that, 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 they, that they settled together. What it means is that they congregated and lived together in the same place. They were in habitation together. Settled means actually to be at ease. But I, I think we could define it just to be at peace or to have peaceful relationships. It's to walk together in relationships where peace is at the center of it. Not in division, not in difficulty, but where we walk together in peace. They were unified in their relationships and they came together as one people for one purpose. Simply for the context of church, I want to say this today. Your presence and participation is important in building unity. It's not 
about attendance. I share this today. I'm not looking just to have more people here so that we can have a crowd, so that we can just draw people in, just to say, look how many people are coming to Eastside. I mean, we could, we could have concerts. We could do all sorts of crazy things if that was just, let's just get a big crowd in here. No, the idea is that we're not looking for people just to attend, but we're looking for people who want to participate in, the live, in their lives together. And I want to say this for those who are online. You might be like, well, how do I participate, Pastor? I'm, I'm not able to be there. We have a lot of things that we'd like to see done through our online experience that you can help with. And if you're an online person, send us a message at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca and we will connect you with things that you can do to be a part of our church family. But here it is. Think about this. The early church didn't meet just once a week or a couple times a month or once a month or for Christmas and Easter. The early church, it says, when it was birth, met together daily. Who here thinks that might be a little bit challenging in your life right now for like, let's meet together every day, but that's what they did. They came to serve Jesus together. And those who meet together, I believe this more often, have the strongest relationships. It is why those who engage and, and, and participate on Sunday mornings and those who are actively a part of a small group and those who connect in prayer gatherings that the, 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 and other groups have some of the strongest relationships in our church community. It's just the way it is. The more that you're with somebody, the more that you begin to have a deeper relationship with them. I believe that when we go, we're going to go to one service so we all can participate together. And when I say all of us, I mean all of us. I believe God has something for each and every one of us to do and be a part of when it comes to growing and building our church community. I believe it. I believe that we can experience more of God's goodness and presence and wonderful presence in our worship as we come together. See, they settle together. But here's what else it says. They spoke the same language. Have you ever been in a relationship where you're able to finish the other person's sentences? You know, maybe that's called marriage. I don't know. You know, or you know what they're going to say. You know what they're, they're going to do. It, it can only happen when you really know somebody. I mean, maybe it's your parents. You know what your mom or dad's going to say in certain situations or if you do certain things. I, I know even from my dad. I mean, it even comes down to the, the, the dad jokes, the cheesy jokes that dad say. I, I, my, I my dad will still say it to this day. If I say to him uh, in a conversation, like, go ahead, he'll be like, are you calling me a goat head? And it's just like, I know it's coming. I know it's, I, I know the minute that if I say this, this is going to happen. Why? Because we just, we, we, this is how we communicate in our family. And as cheesy and as crazy as it is, that's just how we talk. We have the same language. You, you see, speaking the same language for us, not only refers to settling together, but it, it's talking about walking together with each other to accomplish something great that we understand our culture and what we're doing. Unity means rallying together with others to accomplish the mission of the church. It's learning to understand and embrace the culture of Eastside. To say it this way, when you take ownership for the health and mission of the church community, you begin to use different words or a new language or what I call community language. Your language changes from them to us and from you should to we should. 
What do I mean? Well, one of the things that's always amusing to me as a pastor is I have people come to me all the time and they're like, hey, Pastor Todd, you know, you know, the the church, you know, you guys, you guys should do this. You should really take more time to reach out to people. I'm like, who are you guys? Oh, you mean you're not a part of you guys? You see, when language changes, it begins to sound like this. Hey, pastor, pastor, I think it would make a big difference if we reached out to more people. And here's what I've been doing, or here's what I'm going to do to make it happen. You see, you begin to take ownership. It's not like us and them, and no, it's us together. You see, it goes from an expectation of what the church should do to grabbing a hold of what you can do together with other people, speaking the same language. And I have to say this today, that unity, and I've spoken on unity at a few different places, but we have to understand that unity is not uniformity. We are not called to be robots who have exactly the same thoughts and ideas and even responses to situations. I don't need you to quote off certain things. You see, uniformity is what cancel culture attempts to do. Conform everybody into the same accepted thoughts or beliefs that the only people that that, that are, are valuable are those who think this way or that way. And if you're not part of it, then you are a problem. But unity is the commitment to allow different thoughts and ideas and viewpoints, but don't allow them to keep us from walking together. You see, I love the pastoral team that I work with in this church. It's, kind of, it's quite an eclectic mix of people. We have different thoughts and ideas on a lot of different subjects and where we're at with things. But here's what makes it work really well is we can, we can have great discussions. Sometimes we even have a little bit of intense fellowship, right? We don't always see it all the same way, but when it comes to where we stand, we're like, you know what? We're not gonna allow any of our viewpoints or ideas keep us from walking together. That's what unity is. You see, it's choosing to find what brings us together versus what separates us. And we've had a lot of things in the last few years that have tried to separate us. So why unity? What is so great about it? Well, here's three things as we... Unity allows us to build great things. We saw that. Here in the book of Genesis, they were trying to build a city as well as a tower that reached up to heaven. It's, I want to say this, is uh, that unity allows us to build great things. Now, most of you know that I, I'm, I love coaching basketball and baseball, but it's not, really, it's not my favorite sport to watch. You want to know what my favorite sport to watch is? Football. Now, when I say football, we got to have an understanding here. I know we have a very multicultural church. I'm talking about U.S. football, where they throw the ball. They actually hit each other as hard as they can, and they don't lay on the ground acting like they've been murdered. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, soccer fans. What makes U.S. football, what makes U.S., I know I just lost half my audience here. What makes U.S. football... So unique is that you have 11, or if we're talking Canadian football, 12 players of different sizes, shapes. Some are run faster than others. Some are taller, some are shorter. And they have different things that they do that, to, that they, when they work together, it's to move the ball either down the field or to stop the ball from going down the field. 
You have big, large linemen, or like, as I like to call them, rather large humans, whose job is to block the defense so that the slender, more strong-arm quarterback can th- either throw the ball to faster, or even more slender receivers or hand the ball off to shorter but stout running backs who can either run around people or through people. You know, some running backs are jitterbugs that can go around things. Others just, man, you're in my way. I'm going over you. And I know there's some guys here, that's how I play football, Pastor Todd. That's right. You see, when it all works together and everybody does their job correctly, the play results in a touchdown. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. But if one person fails to do their job, or the play fails and results in a loss or a minimal gain. What I think is even more beautiful, though, is when the church, God's people, work together to make a difference in people's lives. When people are all doing their things, taking their unique gifts and abilities and their talents and the things that God has blessed them with, their, 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 the, the way that they are, and God just uses it and he mixes it together, and all of a sudden this wonderful thing is accomplished. You see, there's strength in numbers. In fact, Moses said this in Deuteronomy 32.30, if one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. See, but we have to understand this, the numbers are only beneficial. Having more people is only beneficial if they come together in a spirit of unity. You see, I'm not looking to build a bigger crowd, as I've already said, but to see us become a movement that touches our community and more. You see, I want to see our kids' ministry become even more spectacular, where we're able to invest more money in in rebuilding it and recreating recreating it, but seeing people serve in it to reach more children, not only in this house, but in our city. I'm believing for the Holy Spirit to to come and, and touch and move on more people as we worship and we seek God together, for people to be healed and set free and delivered. I believe God wants to use us to provide even more resources for those who are in need, both in the church and within our community. And I believe God has called us to help reach orphans and widows in 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 some unique ways that we'll be talking about in the coming days. Unity allows us to build something great. Number two, unity releases blessing. We are probably most of us here familiar with Psalms 133. And it says this, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Other translations use the word unity. For unity or harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, ran down his beard and onto the borders of his robe. Harmony or unity is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. Even there, the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Oh, there's something great about the blessing that comes from walking in unity. You know, as I thought about this whole thing about the oil going over Aaron's beard down onto his robe and what that really represented, it reminded me of a picture of my dad's cologne. We all know people that, that have cologne. And I, and I want to say this in a way that isn't like a negative. I'm not talking about that nasty cologne that people wear or perfume. But you just know some people, where they, who they are, you, you, by their, the smell, the perfume, the cologne that they wear. That was what my, 
my dad was like. I could tell where he'd been and everything he'd touched because of the essence of his cologne was everywhere. It was not overpowering, it was there, and it was a comforting and reassuring smell. And this is the same idea of what is pictured with Aaron the high priest. When the anointing oil was poured out upon him, the smell, even the essence would go with him wherever he went. And people would be able to smell that scent. They would know when he was coming around. Oh, okay, that's Aaron. That's, that's, he's the one who's, who's been in God's presence. We, 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 we smell it. But not only would you be able to know he was coming, you'd know where he had been. Everything he would wear or touch would have the essence of that anointing oil upon it. The rooms he was in, the people he was around. You see, when there's unity, its essence touches and remains on everything that we contact. Even if people cannot see it, the evidence of unity exudes from our lives and releases blessing. You see, that's what I believe, that, that you, you, you know when there's a people and they're together, people come in that aren't, that aren't used to it, that haven't experienced it, and they kind of go, what is that? Something's different about that person. Something's different about that group of people. There's something that I, that, that I just know is really good, but I can't put a finger on it. But see, that's what unity does. It's like it just spreads out and touches and impacts more and more people. God promises us if we commit together, we will experience even greater blessing. Everything unity touches is blessed. Family, finances, relationships. Unity releases greater peace, favor in the things that we do, and even incredible joy, sometimes in even the most unexpected places. Now here's my last point here. I'm gonna have Jonathan come up, Pastor John, come up. My favorite part of the story in Genesis is when God says nothing they set out to do will be impossible with, for them. You see, with unity, nothing is impossible. I want to say this again. With unity, nothing is impossible. You see, nothing is impossible if we work together. Nothing is impossible when people commit to serve Jesus around a common person, the message of Jesus Christ, which we call the gospel. You see, when we are in great relationship and not just relationship where we just are, we sit and we, we, we just enjoy being with each other, but it's a relationship that motivates us, that spurs us to, to serve one another, to serve our community together. I talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about just our, our church family, that, that, that there's something about serving together. When all of that happens, all of a sudden, nothing is impossible. Breakthroughs begin to happen. But here's what I know. If those are things we want to see, it requires commitment. It requires that we say, you know what? I'm going to make it important to get together, to serve together, to be with my church family, with God's people. It requires faith because sometimes we can't always see it. Sometimes we don't always, uh, aren't aware of everything that's going on. Sometimes it feels like it's so far away. But we say, God, you know what? I believe that when I am with my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I come together as a, with the church family, God, you're releasing more of your blessing, more of your unity. 
It requires active participation, not to be spectators, but to be participators. It also requires that we don't get spun around and by petty issues or distracted by me-only pursuits. It requires putting God first in every area of our life. You see, the enemy knows that there's power in unity and he knows it so well that one of his favorite things to do is to create distraction and division. Floods our minds with negative thoughts towards people, especially church relationships. We gotta fight to maintain unity. You see, I'm asking you today to be those who will fight for unity, to, be fight, to fight for the unity of your family, to fight for the unity of the church, to fight for it, to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not gonna let people talk negatively about it. I'm gonna stand up because God is doing good things with this people. We've got a purpose and a mission to accomplish. And I'd like to say that it's gonna always be easy, it isn't. But when you come together in unity, I believe God puts his grace and his mercy on what we do. So I want you to look at those around you. I want you to say to them, say to the person on your right, we can do this. Look to the person on your left and say, we have a great church. Yeah. And say to whoever you want, nothing is impossible. <laughs> I want to encourage you to come next Sunday. Whatever gathering, maybe tomorrow night, it's Monday night prayer. You, you will show up. Come with an attitude of expectation, believing that God is going to do things. Fight for the unity and you will reap the blessing. I want to pray today. Maybe there are some here today, you've been having some challenges in your family. Family challenges in your relationship. The enemy loves to break up marriages. And today I just want to pray, Father God, that you touch every relationship, every marriage here. God, that you just bring your favor upon it. Lord, I pray that people would come into places of unity where the enemy has come in and tried to hinder them and hurt them. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you bring great restoration and healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for healing between parents and their children today, God, that you bring restoration where there has been division, Lord, where the enemy has created wedges. I pray, Father God, that those wedges would be removed, the chasms that would become, would be filled with your love and your grace and your encouragement. I pray, Father God, for unity in every one of our relationships. Lord, unity in the church. Lord, that we would choose to believe good things about one another. We would speak good things. But Lord, not only would we have this attitude of goodness, but Lord, we would dive into serving with each other. Believing God that as we minister life, God, that you are going to build something greater and bigger than we can even see. You're gonna make the impossible possible. I declare prodigals returning in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare those who have backslidden in their faith are going to come back when we take hold of greater unity. 
Lord, those who don't know you, God, are gonna come into this place and they're gonna find purpose and family. Lord, as we serve each other, Lord, as we serve each other, Lord, as we believe, God, for you to, to see the message of the gospel that Jesus, you're gonna be preached to people, that we're gonna see them change, but not only are we gonna see them come into relationship with you, we're gonna see more people become like you. God, we're gonna grow more like you as we serve together. I wanna pray for anybody here today that does not have a relationship with Jesus, you have not committed your life to Jesus, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, it just comes by saying, yes, I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness, I need your grace in your life. If there's anybody here today that would like to begin a relationship with Jesus, would you raise your hand right where you're at? I believe God is here today. God is here to encourage us and help us and strengthen us, hallelujah. All right, here's my next question. If you're here today and you just, you just need God to touch your life, maybe you need healing in your body, maybe you're dealing with a relationship that has gone sideways and you just need some people to pray for you. Maybe you're somebody here that is just facing financial hardship. Whatever it is, we believe God can touch you. Would you raise your hand right now if you need prayer for anything I'm asking here today? lift our hands up today. Thank you. I really want to see us do more of this. Can we, as a church, I'm talking about unity. I'm asking, can you look for people with their hands up? Raise your hands up a little bit higher so people can see you. Let's go gather around them and pray for them here just for a few minutes. Come on, let's get out of our seats. We're going we're gonna to be doing more of this church. I know it might be a little bit uncomfortable here today, but I want to encourage you. You are the body. The Holy Spirit is in you. God speaks to you and through you. Let's make sure everybody here has somebody around them that's going to pray for them and encourage them. Hallelujah, Jesus. For those of you that maybe aren't comfortable, just reach your, your hand to somebody there. We're just going to pray for just a couple minutes here because God is so good. Man, I'm saying today, if you have any type of a need in your life, let people pray for you.